0: Hi there, there's a New York judge, Oguron, uh, just called Tish James, called an emergency meeting, so, but it looks like I fucking lost it. My s- T- Breaking Trump Chinese spy balloon secret revealed in bombshell new Statement. Yeah, it's emergency emergency meeting because uh, Trump I've keeps trying mis- to delay
1: Midas Touch Network. everything over the weekend. And the, the judge isn't States having any. S- at the orders to uh, do it. So that's Biden, good news. Fuck him. We're
0: hot on the trail of Trump going to fucking jail.
1: With an F 22 Raptor fighter from the 1st Fighter Wing. Uh, Langley Air Force Base, Virginia, which fired one AIM-9X sidewinder missile at the balloon, shooting it down into the waters below in South Carolina, and it is going to be recovered by the United States military uh, and analyzed for further investigation. What we are now learning though, as well is that President Biden immediately made the order to shoot down the balloon as soon as his presence was known. This happened as early as Wednesday, uh, of last week, but what we've also learned, which completely guts the entire Republican BS performative narrative, is that Donald Trump covered up the fact that there was over three times during the Trump administration where covered there up was obstruction, a surveillance,
0: him with obstruction over the
1: United States, and Donald Trump took absolutely no action. The United States Defense Department put out a release following the successful takedown of the Chinese surveillance balloon on Saturday, Uh, and they mention these three prior instances in the prior administration where a Chinese surveillance balloon traversed. That up. over former uh, president dumb of USA Um, and and during the prior administration, and no action was taken here. This is right from the Defense Department's uh, website and uh, defense.gov. It says, the balloon did not pose a military or physical threat, Still, its intrusion into American airspace over several days was an unacceptable violation of U.S. sovereignty. The official said Chinese balloons briefly transited the continental United States at least three times during the prior administration. Donald Trump and the prior administration took absolutely no action to shoot down the balloons. In fact, they covered it up from the American people. So that brings us to the performative, absurd, and just downright disgusting narratives that are thrust upon us by these MAGA Republicans every time there is a national security crisis. President Biden the whole time was consulting with Defense Department and the intelligence community He immediately jammed the balloon's capabilities. We were able to extract the appropriate intelligence from the balloon, and then we shot it down. President Biden gave the order immediately and was following the the advice of the military. On the other hand, you see the reaction by MAGA to who would do things like they would post, uh, they would post photos of themselves holding AR-15s and assault weapons at the sky. And utilizing this national security issue for political gain without actually providing any accurate information to the American public at all. Here let me just show you some examples of some of these uh, statements by MAGA Republicans. So this is a statement by Mike Pompeo former Secretary of State Former head of the United States CIA under Donald Trump. Again, you see the performative as here. The CCP's harmless weather balloon just happened to pass over sensitive military sites <laughs> vital to our national security. Nobody should believe that nonsense, especially not the Biden administration, but not mentioning the fact that the Biden administration shut down the capabilities immediately. We were able to extract critical things for our own military purposes. It posed no military harm, and then Biden gave the order to shoot down right away. This is what Candace Owens wrote. She wrote, Biden did not take care of anything. He allowed a Chinese military balloon to spy across the United States and then shot it down on its way out. Chinese intelligence has clearly already completed their surveillance. We are, weak, embar- we are a weak, embarrassing nation under a senile leader. And yes, Trump would have shot it down on day one. Well, Trump didn't shoot it down on day one. There are three other instances where Chinese surveillance balloons came over the United States during the Trump administration where he took absolutely no action. And these mega republic they're idiots. They make up everything. There's nothing accurate about what these people are saying. So when she goes, Biden did not take care of anything. Yes, he did. He did what you were supposed to do, which is speak to the military, ask the military what the best strategy is. Biden made the order immediately. The military contained the threat immediately. We were able to extract the appropriate intelligence, and then we shot it down in an area that was safe, where no Americans would be injured, and then when Candace Owens goes, he allowed a Chinese military balloon to spy across the United States. Wrong, that's not what happened at all. Then you have Josh Hawley, yeah, Josh Hawley who puts his fist up during the January sixth insurrection. He goes, debacle. Not a debacle at all. Actually, what a debacle is is that you MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump allowed Chinese surveillance balloons three times and then you covered it up. It's so say you view when it comes to COVID. If you don't test then that's how you believe you solve a problem. Even if people are dying, just pretend there is no problem. Just cover it all up from the American people. Just claim it's not real. You know, it was the same thing we saw uh, when there was these, uh, horrific hurricanes that would take place during the Trump administration. He would just lie about the stats. He would claim that, you know, that people who were dying... Yeah, he used it. Remember, he's a fucking line Sharpie. Line, ...the absolute opposite of leadership. Senator Josh Hawley, who at New York Post is saying, Hawley demands a probe into Biden's, quote, baffling response. I'm a volunteer.
0: Smiley face.
2: Of...
1: the Chinese spy balloon. What do you mean the baffling response? President Biden immediately responded, immediately said shoot it down, relied on the advice of his military, the the military contained the situation, extracted the intelligence we needed to gain the advantage of China, and then shot it down when it was safe after totally containing the situation. Just complete BS narratives taking place from these MAGA Republicans. This is what Ted Cruz says after the announcement that the U.S. shot down uh the spy uh, balloon good absolutely the right thing to do but biden Chinese spy balloon went across the entire country, and she knows damn well that Biden wouldn't have had the guts to shoot down the the CCP balloon if the people in Montana hadn't taken pictures of it. What are we talking about? We know that immediately the order was made. It's a complete lie, and we also know now that Donald Trump covered up three separate occasions of this. Representative Elise Stefanik. Joe Biden was tested on the world stage. MAGA Republican Lee Slavonic. Joe Biden was tested on the world stage and abysmally failed. The Chinese spy balloon should never have been allowed to cross into our sovereign nation gathering intelligence. Again, all they want to do is use the national security issue which President Biden addressed directly in their performative at the US, and then have the New York Post and Fox and all this propagandist fascist networks just spread it, just spread it. But guess what? The narrative has backfired because guess what? Donald Trump was aware of three balloons. He covered them up. Biden took decisive action, did it transparently, did it decisively, exactly what leadership should be, what Rick Scott said. Glad that we finally knocked Communist China's spy balloon out of the sky. Now Joe Biden needs to explain why he tried to hide the Chinese espionage from Congress and the American people. What else is he not telling us? I'm going to show you what President Biden just said, though, in one moment. But here, let me just show you some of even the dumber, uh, the most dumb MAGA Republican post as well. Um, this is uh, J.D. Vance, Senator of Ohio, holding his assault weapon up to the sky. Oh, looking cool with those sunglasses there. J.D. Vance, you're going to shoot it out the sky yourself? I mean, again, just performative cosplay BS. Here's that uh, Watt. Uh, I'm told there's a balloon that needs to be taken care of. You know, and she's yeah. got her rifle pointed into the sky. I mean, utterly stupid. Then you got Representative Paul Gosar, MAGA extremist, insurrectionist, with his hand down, count me in, count me in. But let me tell you about these MAGA Republicans, though, because it's exactly what happened with Trump, you know, which is when actually confronted with the crisis, when actually confronted with situations, these MAGA Republicans would play their own versions of, of, of GI Joe cosplay, whatever the hell they think they are. These people are the biggest freaking cowards in the world. Because the moment they're confronted, they run away, and they kiss Putin's ring, and President Xi is king, and they make, you know, and, and Kim Jong-un, oh, beautiful, I I love Kim Jong-un, you know, is what these MAGA Republicans say, and what Donald Trump says, because they are afraid, they are cowards, and they get scared by the fact that you know you got President Biden, who just takes decisive action. Here's what President Biden said um, earlier uh, in the day on Saturday, when he was asked about uh, the balloon. He said, "I ordered it to be taken down right away." We took the with decisive action. I listened to my military. We did the right thing. Here, play this clip. on the balloon, order the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided, without doing damage to anyone on on the
2: ground.
0: Hi, I'm Trista. I'm. In-
3: Decided that the best time to do that was that we got over water, outside within our within 12 mile limit. It successfully took it down, and I want to compliment our aviators who did it. And we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. Thank you.
1: It... Yeah, and then the other tactics by the MAGA Republicans. Look, this is the House Judiciary GOP's uh, Twitter account. Just just put things in caps, right? Like their cult leader Donald Trump. If we just tweet out a thing in caps? That's how we show we're strong. This is what they wrote. The Biden administration tried to hide the spy balloon from the American people. Well, they didn't. Don't buy solar panels, seriously. There is a very good reason why we're saying this. If you're thinking about buying solar panels, don't. The U.S. government will literally buy them right. if, you, if you take sixty seconds lock to up answer
0: a few Trump, questions lock below. Up Trump.
3: If you are a homeowner in America,
0: and up and Trump, you... up Trump.
1: okay, I they do these posts with I emojis. Can't you just pop the balloon? The Department of Defense would like to know the balloons' pronouns. I mean, I, I mean it's just utter idiocracy when it comes to the MAGA Republicans versus serious people taking the situation strategically, taking decisive action transparently. That's what President Biden did, knocked it out of the sky with an F-22 rafter, consulting the United States military. A military assessment was made right away. Uh, Steps were taken to make sure that any military value that China could possibly have. From this balloon was removed immediately based on our military capabilities. And then the United States military wanted to make sure we continued to extract the intelligence we needed and then shoot it down over safe space. They waited until it was at the appropriate time, knowing that we were not, that this no longer posed a threat to us, took action openly, transparently, the exact opposite. The MAGA Republicans now, you know. They have no intellectual consistency anyway, so it's not going to matter to them. But we need to make sure that we're loud and very clear that what actually happened is Biden took decisive action, shot it down. Meanwhile, Donald Trump, on three separate occasions, three separate occasions when it came to the Chinese spy balloons during the Trump administration, absolutely nothing happened at all. And Donald Trump concealed it. I'm Ben Marcellus from the Midas Touch Network. Well, hit the subscribe button. We are on our way to 1 million subscribers thanks to your support. Hit subscribe. In addition, check us out at slash Midas Touch. P A T R E O N. Lock up chump.
0: Lock up chump. <laughs> Okay, so right now I was just congratulating Michael Cohen and Roy Sellis on their new political, damn, I always forget the word, I want to say punchback or clap back, clap trap. <laughs> right, so let's go back to Midas Touch. And Jack gets the goods. Yeah, I didn't finish watching this. So I remember. Jack Smith gets key witness. And thanks for billion listeners, everybody. Five two people. Five people. No, actually, just a come on. Forty-five K. Special
1: counsel Jack Smith. Forty-five K listeners. Donald Trump's co-conspirator Tom Fitton. Hot on the trail of Trump going criminal That's grand jury fine. in Washington this week, uh investigating Donald Trump's crimes. Fittin, who is a wannabe lawyer who runs a group called Judicial Watch, consulted with Donald Trump on the plan to declare victory. Live Jack Smith election, gets key
0: witness and Trump, place, and Trump gets more desperate uh, legal AF.
1: Donald Trump was going to lose and Fitton also consulted with Donald Trump about stealing the thousands of government records, including the top secret sensitive compartmented records. You know when Donald Trump says socks case, socks case, and has no clue what he's talking about? That's all coming from Fitton. So we'll break down the important implications of Fitton's testimony before the criminal grand jury in Washington, D.C. and an emergency hearing was held in Manhattan State Court before Judge Arthur N'Goron in New York in the New York Attorney General's fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump and his adult children, where New York Attorney General Letitia James is seeking at least $250 million in damages and also an injunction that would basically shut down the Trump Organization from doing business in the state of New York. The emergency uh-huh. hearing focused on the fact that Donald Trump and his children filed these frivolous documents, and he specifically called a verified answer a frivolous verified answer to the complaint that he filed, which was an obvious delay tactic. But Judge Arthur and Goran said. You think you are delaying this trial? Uh uh-uh, uh, not going to happen. And Donald Trump's lawyer sheepishly said, "Well, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're going to go back and we're going to fix these documents." And you know who was not present at that emergency hearing?
0: <laughs>
2: who?
1: Ben. Alina Haba is the answer. Alina Habba was not at
0: the. Alina Guava. So, I, I
1: used to be in the Guys and Dolls play in middle school, and it was you know who's coming to town. Uh, <laughs> Sky Masterson, Sky Masterson, town. that was my one line in *Angie the Ox* uh, when I was in the broad, when I was in my middle school play. But I digress here. So, who is not <laughs> present at the hearing it was Alina Habba, who seems to have been sidelined or removed from the Trump legal team as she tries uh-huh. to cling on to the fame that she knows she so desperately craves. And in the E. Jean Carroll federal lawsuit, yeah, Carroll's lawyer about for
0: another filed million dollars a
1: letter brief with the court, stating did, did, did that, that or... Haba had told her that she was withdrawing from the case, but then Haba filed the document saying, no, 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 I didn't say that, but I don't believe anything Haba says at all. But regardless, Trump has brought in a new lawyer into the E. Jean Carroll civil rape case and defamation case and that goes yeah, to trial yeah. in April. The new lawyer is Joe Takapina, who has taken many adverse positions against Trump before, both in sentencing for January 6th, insurrection, Popak, then a hot hit on that, um, as well as taking positions against Trump in this specific case, regarding whether or not Donald Trump would have had immunity uh, for his conduct while he was in office. You're going to love Popak's breakdown there. Popak, you like how I call it. A hot breakdown, a hot, like, you know, I'm, uh, that's Registered trademark. <laughs> and the Manhattan District Attorney has impaneled a criminal grand jury to present evidence about Donald Trump's criminal tax fraud and specifically
2: nah. zeroing
1: in on the hush money payment to Stormy Daniels after nah. Donald Trump had sex with her, leading to the 2016 what election. What a burn,
0: what a cat to stick your finger up, up your butt.
1: Misclassified those payments as legal fees. Indictments are likely to be coming soon in Manhattan against Donald Trump. We will uh, break that down. Uh, And speaking of indictments that will be dropping soon, we are on indictment watch here on Legal AF, and at the Midas Touch Network for George Santos as well, the Niagara-Republican George Santos, if that's even his name, who's now saying that he was the producer of Spider-Man, and <laughs> some of the stuff, but also the most criminal stuff. The FBI's opened up even more investigations, and the most recent investigations focus on Santos setting up GoFundMe accounts so he could steal money from disabled, homeless, veterans <laughs> who Santos falsely represents Doesn't get much worse than help
0: that them man. Save
1: the lives of their pets. disgusting scum. You don't get much lower than that, but you don't get much more information than we get you on legal AF. I'm Ben Marcello, reporting. Bye, Michael Proba. over
3: brought up the Tom Fitton thing, we'll get to in a bit. You know, it's good to have working attorneys and trial lawyers commenting about legal matters. You know, sort of like the, the judicial watch, watch. Um, he's made yeah. a career out of following the law, but really not understanding it. But people, I think, come to the show because they know that you and I break it down, and we have our own opinions that are formed from years of practice and experience in the very courtrooms that we're talking about every day.
1: You know, Popak, you think about 1984 or well, where, you know, freedom is slavery, you know, and you go there for a mega extremist that's like, law, who better encapsulate than their version of law than someone who's not a lawyer, who's wrong about everything, and who calls the group judicial watch uh, with no legal experience and just <laughs> yeah. skews the exact opposite of what our constitution stands for, what the exact opposite of what our laws are supposed to do. But Fitton, who wears these very tight shirts and makes these very strange appearances, never... Popak, I can deal with the glasses, okay? If you start doing the tight shirts like that, man, I'm I'm doing an intervention...
3: Um, his, his polo shirts don't fit him. I'm just going to use that. we're we'll get to it a bit. Uh, researchers established he was the number three purveyor of misinformation on Twitter, the number three source of misinformation, one guy alone on Twitter for the 2020 uh, through the 2020 election. Fascinating. And this is who Trump follows is one of his informal advisors And Clearly there would not be attorney client privilege because he's not in the
1: family this is who donald trump makes consulted We're with the uh, better words probably not consulted it's probably conspired with to engage in all the election related crimes that special counsel jack smith is investigating and what was really interesting about fitton going to the grand jury in addition to the fact that he like did it in a way where he like put a hood over his head almost and like, tried to hide and like he was clearly uncomfortable when he was caught by the cameras. He didn't put it over his head, but he was wearing a trench coat, and he tried to. Uh, clearly, he was uncomfortable with the cameras, where he always goes in front of his own camera and spreads this information every day. But we've heard his name in the connection with Donald Trump talking about his connections to this uh, group, Judicial Watch, which is the exact opposite of what the name suggests, which is the dystopian nature of MAGA. But we didn't really hear the name... So much in terms of the January 6th committee didn't really, they mentioned, of course, his emails to Donald Trump leading to the election from July and then in October, where Fitton basically gave the script to Trump about what to say after Donald Trump uh, lost to victory regardless. So we got that glimpse with the email. But Fitton always struck me as a bigger character than he was even presented in that January 6th committee. So the fact here that uh, you have special counsel Jack Smith focused on it is interesting to me. So what are the implications here, Popak?
3: Well, I mean, as, as you laid out uh, at the start of, of one, there's really two areas and two probably separate grand juries. I'm trying to figure out and noodle around which grand jury he appeared in front of. Um, I always love he's a self-proclaimed expert on his Twitter handle. He puts mm-hmm. that in quotes, um, expert of who knows what. Um, he also conveniently left out in his Twitter feed, although it's prolific in the amount of Vomit that he sues on Twitter that's generally wrong. He left out the whole section about him being called into the grand jury and giving testimony, other than a, a, a vague reference to the photo that said, I'm back, what did I miss? Yeah, I'm sure. back from testifying in a criminal prosecution of the president, former president of the United States, I so should have said. And as you said, no attorney client privilege. This is what happens when you consult with wannabe lawyers who aren't really licensed to practice the law. There's no privilege for that. There's no Twitter, YouTube privilege that issue. There's two areas that they likely are focused on. I think it's two separate areas. I'll figure out which one is in front of for this one. One is um, the helped draft the press release or the press announcement, media release that Trump never gave in which he was going to declare himself the, the winner of the election based on all huh. votes received by the election day deadline, a made up concept. There's no such thing as the election day deadline because absentee ballots are allowed to come in after, always have been, even the ones that have been cast by Donald Trump, who's a notorious absentee ballot uh, voter himself, and mail-in ballots, and veteran, you know, are, are overseas, or of course, and all those things. All those things come in after by a postmark date that's established in each state's um, uh, rules related to voting. So this, this thing that's not a thing, I won if you only count the votes that came in on election day or, or voted in person or that's not a thing. But it shows the fact back the membrane of the criminal minds criminal intent of Donald Trump and conspiring as you said earlier, so rightly with a guy like Tom Smith to issue this press release. So that's that's one. Like what is that all about? What did the president really believe? And what were your discussions with the president to a grand jury? Perfect fodder for the grand jury, the Tom Fitton. How'd that come about? Who set that meeting? What was that based on? What did Donald Trump say to you? What did you say to Donald Trump? All of that. The second thing is as you said earlier is the Mar-a-Lago documents, because the case that you referred to, which we jokingly referred to, although it is literally true, as the Clinton socks drawer case. Is where to remind people, or those who are first-time listeners, is where Clinton kept audio tapes. He probably had one of those little people don't use really no anymore. Those, those little micro cassette um, dictation, you know, tape recorders, and he was recording just you know free flow, you, know, <laughs> you know, freestyle thoughts in his head for a future memoir. Those were the author, Taylor Branch, who eventually wrote a book, Judicial Watch. This non thing thing that Tom Fitton runs sued um, the National Archives and other and other entities to try to get their hands on these on these tapes, arguing they presidential records. And Amy Berman Jackson, who is spoken a lot about, a, a district court judge in D.C. that we like a lot because of her rulings, it could be on the Supreme Court one day, she said on this, "Not presidential records that should enter for the public." Domain. These were his private musings that ended up being recorded. But this whole thing is very well reported. I think Benton is the first one to tell you in his own Twitter feed that, you know, he thinks that, that was a successful case It wasn't. He lost. He, he lost. Did he, he, he lost. Said.
1: the case, Popak. The judge basically said it was a borderline frivolous case. Right. He filed the case in 2011 or 2012 based on Clinton making these personal recordings for his 96. memoir. That, right. Yeah
3: twenty years
1: before and, and, and the judge right. looked at the filing like this is a stupid filing. You can't compel the National Archives. First off, who the hell are you, Fitton? Like who are you? Like you can't compel the archives to compel the president when well, we're talking about his personal records to do anything. Go away. And and the MAGA's like, the Sock's case president, it allows Donald Trump to steal nuclear secrets after well, he leaves
3: office. Well this <laughs> is, so this is Right. So his argument to the president was, Based on losing precedent that he established, but him also not being a lawyer, so not knowing how to really comprehend the loss that he had, tells tells Trump apparently, hey, when you left office, you magically declassified everything. It instantly instantly became personal and not presidential record as soon as you brought it to Mar a Lago because you brought it to Mar a Lago. And Trump goes with this and files it in an an 11th Circuit, also Hmm. losing brief. In front of the eleventh circuit court of appeals, but this is the argument. So my gut is it's more on the let's talk about the criminal mind of Donald Trump and what he knew or didn't know about his loss and, and the big lie which you've helped promulgate, and maybe a little bit less about Mar-a-Lago. But either way, Tom Fenton deserves to be dragged in to a criminal grand jury or one or two to testify about. Uh, Donald Trump. I mean, look, if, if this is if this is how you're going to ply your trade. This apparently is how he makes a living. This is how you're going to ply your trade, and you're going to try through your um, advice-giving, and you're being the, the, uh, the guru for Donald Trump to overthrow democracy, then you're going to end up having you, you may not be the target yet of a criminal investigation, but you're certainly going to be a witness. No Fifth Amendment privilege. I don't think. We didn't hear that there was an assertion. there We didn't hear that there was a hearing in front of Beryl Howell, the uh, chief judge of, the, um, of the, uh, the courts that oversee the grand jury in the District of Columbia, over the assertion of Fifth Amendment, so I don't think there was one. I think he testified, maybe he took it here or there, but I, there wasn't a prior fight over the Fifth Amendment of Tom Fitton, not the one that I'm aware of. So I think they had this guy without privilege, completely prone, and, you know, got whatever they got. Do you think it was over, do you think they were more focused in this grand jury? on the criminal intent of Donald Trump and the election announcement than on the Mar-a-Lago. What do you think, then? Well,
1: it's hard to... I don't really know, is the truth, because both are equally relevant. You've got two criminal grand juries that are taking place in Washington, D.C., at least two, um, probably more. Um, But, you know, we know there's the one investigating some theft of the government records, as well as election interference. Clearly, Fitton would uh, be a significant witness for premeditation and showing that regardless of what the outcome was, this was the plan declare victory and engage in an insurrection, whatever it takes to overthrow the government to stay in power. And on the other hand, you know, when Donald Trump basically says, there is no, there is no crime for me stealing these records. The Presidential Records Act isn't a criminal statute. And it's like, well, you're getting dumb advice from Fitton because there are criminal statutes. It's not a complicated thing. And you, you see Alina Haba, who we'll talk about a little bit later, kind of parroting that. She's like, there, there's, no, there's no criminal statutes. What, what's the DOJ talking about? And it's because these lawyers are all idiots. Um, there's really, it, it's, very, it's very clear what the criminal statutes were because they're actually listed in the search warrant, right? It's um, obstruction it is the concealment and mutilation, and it is violation of the Espionage Act. You can't steal government records when you're no longer in the government, um, even if you're the president. You can't steal a former president. You can't steal them, hide them, conceal them, obstruct them. You are just but an average citizen at that point. And Fitton was basically telling him, no, you could keep it, you could steal it. So it's possible, it's possible We've told our listeners, and we've explained to our viewers how the grand jury process works, that the grand jurors are picked the same way as regular jurors are picked, but their commitment is for a far longer period of time, um, and they only meet a few times a month, and so coordinating when a witness shows up, I wouldn't be surprised if they went hey, you know, two hours in one and then took them to two hours in the other to try to coordinate it. That wouldn't shock me.
3: Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think, as we said, the focus and the way that uh, Jack Smith and Merrick Garland thread the needle of the difference between Joe Biden and Trump and Pence and the rest of them on classified documents, barely not Clinton and Obama, because they seem to be completely clean, is not focused on the Espionage Act, but focused on obstruction, 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 which is exactly the thing that Merrick Garland said eight or ten times during the press conference when he announced Jack Smith, knowing in the back of his mind, about the beginnings of the Biden issue, because that had already been reported to him before he took the podium with that Smith. This is obstruction focus. It's not that you accidentally have them, which is what it appears to be, of course, with our current president. It's that you obstruct the return of them, and in every way, shape, or form, culminating in the execution of the system. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep you updated more, but I, I expect I'll, every week
1: now when we do these legal layouts. That's are right? really if there are you and I, I think are going to be here, you looking, I think, around May, latest. Late yeah, I, agree, I agree with you. I think
3: it's in April, May, June, April. Yeah, June, April, yeah somewhere in there. We will keep you posted there. Let's talk about this emergency here uh, uh, you know,
1: doing, in, New in New York State back. Court in Attorney General Leticia James's fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump. She's seeking at least $250 million in damages against Trump and his adult social In this case, really focusing on Donald Trump's uh, fraudulent valuations of the properties uh-huh. of the state's financial conditions, where he would basically say the purposes of uh, gaining all of these uh, benefits, both in terms of tax treatment and insurance benefits. And by the way, put a little asterisk there when we're talking about insurance benefits, because as we talk about Alvin Bragg, uh, the Manhattan Grand Jury, uh, in a little bit there, uh, it's possible that Helen Weisleman may be charged with insurance fraud that is related to the insurance fraud in the civil case that's being brought uh, by New York Attorney General about how the statements of financial conditions are going to gain certain benefits uh, and to defraud entities to gain advantages for purposes of of getting different types of insurance. So we'll we'll, we'll break that down though in a bit with the Manhattan grand jury. Um, But a trial set for October 2nd of 2023 in the civil fraud lawsuit. Basically, if Letitia James wins, and there's no shadow men or anything like that. With some organization for all purposes is probably gonna be shut down. One of the things being brought in the injunction release is gonna be shut down from doing business in New York and it has a lot of clothing, uh in New York. Also the ground of which you can a floor of two hundred and fifty million dollars will be uh, really, really real money. Uh, not the $1.6 million from the Trump organization which convicted of the felony, uh, uh previously in New York and the Amon uh, Bragg prosecution, or even when Trump and Alina Hobble were saying a million dollars by a federal judge in the Southern District of Florida. Trump like write those checks, but a billion dollars, $750 million, that's not really a check that Donald Trump could write. But this emergency hearing started when uh, New York Attorney General Mr. James wrote a letter to Arthur the judge saying, we now finally received a verified answer from Trump and his adult circles, a verified answer is the document that responds to the complaint complaint is the lawsuit that was filed back in September, late September. So if you're wondering why it's taking until January or February for a verified answer to finally be filed, then you think that's happened in October or November. Well, one of the tactics that's decided to delay, that is, to file a DS motion to dismiss, which the judge previously, we covered this only way, that's called from. And the Mm -hmm. lawyers out on and said these are all frivolous uh, grounds for trying to seek a dismissal. I'm very close to sanctioning you, and then here uh, you can wait until filing your verified answer after the motion to dismiss is ruled on. So it's kind of a delay tactic that we use by Trump. Although for purposes of delay, the key thing is, is the trial date going to be moved or not? And again, the trial date October of 2023. And so now what you see, whether it's New York Attorney General and Officer James, or Melbona Thompson, or G.G. Cowles or anyone else who's unlocked inside the side of the Trump litigation. With all of these rulings that now exist, that Trump like a vexatious citizens that Trump files baseless lawsuits, that he engages in harassment tactics, you see the lawyers run into court right away the moment Trump tries to do something. Because if you, if you wait a week or you wait two weeks, Trump then basically uses your, what do you want to call it, collegiality or reasonableness or lack of diligence. You know, by not running in immediately, so well, if you had a problem or it, so you should have ran in right away. And when you run in right away, Trump and his lawyers go, Oh, hey, they're making, they're making much about nothing here. We got this, don't right worry. But the lawyers who are against Trump are like, We rather go in right away and deal with the judge than wait and have Trump's lawyers basically say we're not going good. Um, and so here they brought this to the court's attention in a letter. And then, Judge Arthur, I on the very next day, issued an order saying everybody's coming to my court right now. I want the AG lawyers. I want some players. Everybody show up. And, and Goran in the hearing was like, look, in my 30, 40 years of practice, I've never seen the documents that you filed being so groundless and meritless and long and weird objections and boilerplate, like, you need to fix this. And then ultimately, hey, like, hey, what happened here, Popeye? I was just resolved, and most importantly, is the trial they're going through me.
3: The remaining for the judge announced that by or High Water, as my press, is the We are starting at 10 a.m. on the 2nd of October 2023. That's it. the case is thrown across, and the answer. on of to the police they have a good federal. in motion to dismiss calling it borderline civilist the people that watch the show talking about Trump motions and lawsuits um, on the 5th of January. Oh. They then had to get around to filing their answer. Now, oh. I want to make one clarification, just by shorthand, cases against the civil fraud case under Letitia James the Indian Attorney General's very robust powers under Executive Law, 63-12 of the we refer to it as New York Partition as a districts of self-called. Sounds ordinary, but it's really extraordinary. She's a super, she's she's like uh, she's like a, a superhero with unlimited powers when it comes to going after fraud, continuing fraud, and against uh, organizations and individuals that run those organizations in a way that even prosecutors are jealous of the powers of the New York against mm-hmm. financial monitoring is going to, to be talking there are actually it's not just Trump in the case. There's sixteen defendants, all related from, including Al Weisselberg. So Al Weisselberg is also in the crosshairs there is a large civil judgment against them. So with this Jeff McCartney, who is the uh, controller of World War II, <laughs> the organization, who has testified
2: who's <laughs> being brought in to
3: the grand jury. And we'll talk about that next special grand jury by Alvin Bragg. Because just, just to remind everybody, there is a continuous working relationship between the New York Attorney General's office and Alvin Bragg's Manhattan DA's office with lawyers cross deputized to work on the cases, civil side, criminal side, and they cooperate and cooperate So we've got 16 defendants. Trump the Trump did the entity um, and uh, the couple of executives that we just about. It also Trump filed a three, over a three page, verified answer on the portion that had to be verified by Donald Trump is Donald Trump with a big black charts Donald Trump. Which means as as a verified pleading, it is sworn under penalty of perjury as if he's giving a testimony court. Under, under oath, same thing, and so in the attack started as a, this is really too long, the answer is, has to be amended, now let me explain something, in a task like, pleadings are not evidence, if they're verified, meaning that they're more testimony, they have an aspect of being evidential, of having evidentiary, evidentiary foundation, and can be used because somebody to it. but generally pleadings are not evidence. And the court instructs the jury that while they can look at the proceedings and all of that, it's the evidence that's developed in the court of law, that is the work that the court of the is focused except for these rules, those are the sentences are verified. To be the court of the court of The problem is that the New York Attorney General's office has and argues that they want it to they out to us in the past, the, the wow. now, given that we're only... You know, somewhere in six months away from the from the trial is that they did not like the fact that on a number of occasions things that were demonstrably true, and that the Trump organization, or or Donald Trump himself, or his children himself, in other proceedings, other court proceedings, and other sworn statements or depositions. I've taken the exact opposite position. So, for example, the big fight was over what is the Trump Organization. Everybody conceded that it's not a legal entity that you can necessarily include. (laughs) It's a doing business. What we call a DBS, a fictitious name that covers hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Trump-related organizations. They call it, they brand it, the Trump Organization. That's fine. He's not taking a judgment against a Trump organization because it's all these subsidiaries and uh, affiliates that are uh, named uh, in uh, the pleading, uh, including Donald Trump and all of that. Uh, so this whole fight, ex- this whole fight, <laughs> this fight about what is their Trump organization, for? is there not, you know, Alina Haba here in court for Donald Trump uh, organization you know there was this whole <laughs> silly fight over is there a trump or, <laughs> or isn't there and probably said well, we're not going to delay this trial for this nonsense about the <laughs> yes it's the most one of the most ridiculous pleadings i've ever seen filed but like clean it up you, you've got a problem the lawyers should work offline the uh, lawyers from the York Attorney general you should send what's called a deficiency letter to the other side saying how you think all these things are deficient and give them another opportunity to file an amended verified answer that resolves the issues that you have but i'm not stopping the trial. i'm not stopping the trial because you guys are fighting where trump is fighting on the pleading side now here you had um it wasn't really alina haba taking the lead we'll talk later about her her slow her quiet quitting. he wasn't even right. there right the call it quiet quitting She's quietly quitting all of these cases, because She's completely radioactive, having been sanctioned a million dollars down in Florida. Um, and every, she loses every place she ever goes. She's like the reverse of Might have Touch. Every time anything she touches, it's opposite of so no. Near this. Near this, right. So she's out. And Chris Kite, who was the former attorney general um, in Florida, not a New York practitioner but has, you know, a decent reputation, hasn't yet been completely started by affiliation and with a client Donald Trump. He's there kind of arguing with the lawyers, like, well, you know, we want to be careful, and there's no such thing as a Trump board, so that's why we denied it 600 times, and that's why the competing so long. is
1: Go work out the full situation. That's not going to stop this case from going to trial. That's go back, really go, go back. Can I pose? I want to just sure, pause, pause once, because it, it's so brilliant here now. I want to mm. come back to one thing, that like what Christopher Tysh, Trump's lawyer, was saying as one of the arguments, and I've seen this before, and you've seen this before, and whenever, you know, corporate defendants try to make this argument, they never win on it, but they constantly think of the thing that they're going to do, where they go, look, This corporation doesn't even exist. It's like, what are you talking about? You're trading, not not in this case with Trump, but I've had this situation in my career. I'm like, you're literally trading on the stock exchange. You you know, like, there's your own. Well, actually, that's the parent company, and there's a number of other LLCs. I'm like, all right, good luck making the argument to the judge that you don't exist. And that was one of the arguments that Tice was trying to make. The Trump Org isn't even a thing. What was so funny, though, is that Eric Trump's lawyer basically argued the exact opposite, because one of their denials was whether or not one of these LLCs existed. And they said, no, 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 the LLCs is just part of the Trump Org. And so they were actually saying exactly contradictory things, but that was like their argument, like their their Perry Mason moment is, we don't even exist.
3: This isn't yeah. even real.
1: Sorry well, about that.
3: Well, my it. other, no, no problem. And, I, and my other favorite moment for Chris Keis is when he actually had, was able to get this next sentence out with a straight, a straight face. He told the judge, the judge, <laughs> we're just careful lawyers. When has Donald Trump's lawyers ever been accused of being careful in anything, including in their lawyering or in their filing? You know, they're just trying to separate themselves from all the past. But Judge Engoron knows you know, all about Middlebrook's case in Florida, the 50 dollars fine and all the places where he's been. But the issues that were real, not the Trump organization ones, That the New York Attorney General was concerned about was things like Donald Trump denying in this pleading that he was actually the de facto president of his companies. We'll just leave it at that. When in prior sworn testimony, he testified that he was. So they don't like that. They don't like that Ivanka, not to let her off the hook. We're going to talk about her in the Allen Weisselberg, Manhattan DA issue next. Uh, um, Ivanka. there's, There's something you can do in an answer. You can either admit it, you can deny it, you can admit as much of it as you can admit, you can deny the rest, or you can do what lawyers refer to as DKI, deny knowledge or information sufficient to be able to form a belief as to whether I can admit or deny it. It's a fancy way of saying, I don't have enough information to admit or deny it, so I'm going to put, deny knowledge or information. And she denied knowledge or information in a couple of places that pissed the New York history, general off. She denied knowledge or information about whether she ever met with bankers. So, so Ivanka, unless Ivanka Trump is not the Ivanka Trump that we know from television, she seems to be a the human being. She would, you would think that she's running an organization, or co-running an organization for her father, which she did. She was not just a titular figurehead. She was apparently running large swaths of the Trump organization empire. She can't remember ever That seems to be completely incredible. Can't so remember what? Information Or knowledge about emails that had her name on it, which is also ridiculous. So they want the game's playing to stop. They want the pleading straightened out. They want because they're fighting hard, not because because it's the unusual circumstance where this pleading can be evidenced because it's under oath. So they want the under oath stuff to be true, or it's perjury if it's a lie, and since they're not taking, I don't think, any more depositions in the case. But the other solution for this, if Angeron gets around to it, doesn't like the results from the process, which is to show a deficiency letter, Got to come back to me. He may allow depositions to happen again on these small issues. She's not, in other words, she's not going to get away with right before trial denying something that's eminently false. Or, you know, the New York Attorney General says, you know what, she wants to try that, then we'll impeach her on the stand when she takes the stand inevitably in October of 2023. But they're going to have to strategically play their hands here as to whether they. Really want to fight to get her to give some sort of answer, or they want to use it to impeach her, her brother, her father when they're on the stand. And they will all be on the stand. Now, whether they're going to take the Fifth Amendment again with an adverse inference instruction to the jury, saying every time you hear Fifth Amendment, you can, you can assume that they don't want to answer the question because it's not great for them. And you can make the adverse inference. Because that's going to happen here. You know, Trump takes the stand. You can't vote it in. Trump takes the stand in October. If he wants to take the Fifth Amendment in a civil proceeding, he does so at his own peril in front of the jury, who gets instructed that every time he takes the fifth, it is a negative answer to that question. The, did you steal the money? Fifth Amendment. You can assume he stole the money. And that's that's how they're going to try this case. And that $250 million, what I call disgorgement money? You're right. That is That is the floor. It can go up much higher than that. In front of this jury, we may be ready to finally write a check and bankrupt the whatever you call it, the Trump organization or whatever, Donald Trump himself.
1: Well, here's the thing, too. So, in addition to all the Trumps who are going to plead the fifth, like who's going to be a witness for them? We, we saw this when New York Attorney General Letitia James filed for a preliminary injunction to appoint an independent monitor to review transactions or of Trump's moving money around. What Judge Arthur engoron pointed out was not only did the Sixth Amendment the adverse inference against the Trumps when they when they imposed the fifth, but they didn't even put forward a scintilla of evidence. The exact words that engoron used, like no evidence from an expert witness saying here's why the valuation was the appraised value, no declaration from anyone within the Trump organization under oath saying, here's the reason why we think, even if you have appraisal X from the state, here is why we're valuing it at Y on our taxes, or here's why we're putting it in our statement of financial conditions as such. And the reason is because. Engaged in crime. so anybody who writes the declaration is going to be a so If they tell the truth, they're going to be confessing. So there is no favorable witness, or at least none that comes to mind. Uh, anybody who will testify in their favor, and so it's going to be. This civil trial,
3: a very, very, very problematic trial system. Can I mention some of them? I think what they're going to try to do, if I understand the trial strategy, defense trial strategy, they're going to try to bring in... All of the banks and the right, who are at the heart of the fraud, right? She's bringing it, Patricia James, New York Attorney General the 63% of the 63th is bringing the case on on behalf of victims, if you will, who were victimized by the insurance fraud, appraisal fraud, real estate fraud where they inflated the value of real estate in order to get insurance at a certain rate um, and to get loans on assets that were hyperinflated through Donald Trump's imagination if they on nothing else and then deflated the price of the same piece of property in order to save on taxes. What about the tax here? They've always argued, there's oh, no victims here, The banks are sophisticated parties that are not suing, haven't seen, have not claimed that they were defrauded. Insurance
2: companies
3: are in the phone. But when they come kind of in, I've seen this fund, these criminal cases shot by the SEC when I was back in my prior life, and I was in house counsel for a company that had a former employee who got nailed in an SEC criminal investigation, where he won in <laughs> by bringing in people, sophisticated trading counterparties, if you will, who said that basically they were not defrauded, or they would have done the trade anyway. Uh-huh. So they're going to bring in, I assume, a bunch of former bankers and former whatever's who are going to say, yeah, we didn't like it, but we would have done the deal with them anyway, we weren't defrauded, and... We don't feel that we um, overpaid or overloaned or over whatever because of Donald Trump's actions. I assume that's going to be on the witness list, right, Ben? I assume so. But then (laughs) the New York Attorney General is going to remind the jury
1: that the victims here, and she said this in her press release, is the state of New York by Trump engaging in all of these phony and financial dealings and inflating the value of his properties. He was able to take advantage of other New Yorkers. He was able to skew, uh, steal their money, fraudulent means, the markets to give himself all of these advantages, which ultimately resulted in advantages in paying less taxes and him uh, defrauding insurance companies and him defrauding also the state of New York. You know, through, through means of like declaring. Uh, deductions for easements based on inflated valuations that should never have, you know, that that should never have taken place in the first place. So, yes, in a sophisticated party-to-party transaction was one of the parties, uh, you know, partially responsible in their lack of appropriate diligence. Uh, Potentially you could try to make that argument, but ultimately who are the victims here the victims are the people in the state of New York. The victims are when an entity is going around engaging in crimes, they are they are harming the entire state and the people of the state who are abiding by the laws. And if you don't enforce your laws, what's the point of having the law?